by Mr. Barnabas Grayson. And it is entitled, and I'm going way too fast for Rick. He's panicking over here. Uh, his, his second message for the day called Unto Holiness. Well, good afternoon, everyone. To those who are tuning in also, good to see you. So we're looking forward to next week of gathering. It's good news. I have the uh, outline of the sermon on that shelf back there if you want to grab one. The title of the sermon is called Unto Holiness. Now leading to the day of Pentecost, we find these directions given by the Eternal to Moses in the book of Leviticus chapter 23, which is a book that centers around holiness. In verse 9 of Leviticus 23, the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When you come into the land which I give you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then you shall bring a sheaf of the firstfruits of your harvest unto the priest. And he, that is the priest, he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you on the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. Now the wave sheaf offering, so-called because of how it was uh, waved, he had his hands underneath the sheaf, underneath the whole thing, and he moved it backward and forward and some saw this as this horizontal movement as also a heaving of the sheaves so it could be an upward movement if you look at it in that light but basically it was a horizontal movement but it was a ceremony in verses 12 through 14 won't read uh, these verses but in addition to this wave sheaf ceremony a lamb without blemish was to be offered as a burnt offering and also a meat or meal offering grain offering was to be made that's what we see there in verses 12 through 14 now these sacrifices that we look at here in the book of Leviticus on about holiness we see that these sacrifices teach that God must be approached by some offering and we also see the mediation of the priesthood and we also see that it reminds us these uh, these sacrifices uh, to holiness reminds us that sin brings death on the innocent animal we read in Hebrews 9:22, won't go there but it says that without shedding of blood there is no remission of sins now verses 15 through 16. And you shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. You know, seven is the, the number of completion. Verse 16. Even unto the morrow, that is the day after the seventh Sabbath, 
shall you number fifty days, and ye shall offer a new meat or a grain offering unto the Lord. And that would be uh, the wheat harvest. So, count fifty. After seven complete Sabbath, one more day is added. Seven Sabbaths, or seven weeks, which makes 49 days, plus one more makes 50. And so this 50th day is the Feast of first fruits, or the Feast of Weeks, or Shavuot, which in the Hebrew means weeks. And we know it as Pentecost, or count 50. So from the wave sheaf in the Feast of Unleavened Bread to Pentecost, count 50 days. The number 50 is found about 154 times in the Bible. And we also find that like that 50 days connect the wave sheaf to Pentecost. And it also indicates a continuing observance that started with the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the wave offering. So Pentecost is essentially linked to Passover. And Passover connects us to Pentecost. Now in looking back. What did those seven days of unleavened bread symbolize? In retrospect we can look back at it. Because it connects with what we're doing now. In counting the days toward Pentecost. We may answer that number one. It symbolized our Refraining from a life of sin. And it, two, it symbolized the casting out of sin. Of searching for it in our hearts. Of examining our lives and ourselves. And it also symbolized our commitment to partaking of the life-giving bread of Jesus Christ. As our Lord. As our Savior. The rest of our days. So Passover. And the days of unleavened bread. We know as are a shadow of things to come. And it began a look ahead to the day of the Lord. And to the end of this age. This world. With the feast in between. Laying out the plan of salvation. So today we are in the process of counting those days toward Pentecost. Now we know that any removal of sin can only be done through the spirit of Jesus Christ living in us. God's Holy Spirit that, which makes us holy, makes us set apart to do these things, to be holy. And that is through the spirit that is on high, as, as the Bible says. Be imbued with the spirit that from on high. And we also see, see that the deleavening de process is also an ongoing one in our life. In 1 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, the Apostle Paul said this, he said to purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump. So this implies an ongoing process to be a new lump, as you are unleavened. So we are unleavened. And the Corinthians to whom Paul was addressing this. They are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Because he laid down his life to make it possible. 
that we can be holy, to go on to perfection, to go on to holiness. You are unleavened. But in, and this said, in spite of there being a divided church with all sorts of things going on within. So the Corinthian church was deleavened, even as we are deleavened by the sacrifice of Christ. Yet we know that we are carnal. We're still subject to sins. Still, the Apostle Paul tells this deleavened church, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump. So we see this as a way that we are to clear out whatever sins, whatever wrongdoings, whatever bad habits, whatever bad attitudes we may have, whatever faithlessness that we may have, everything that is leavened in our life that puffs us up should be cast out. So we are to become a new lump, but not through our own power. So the act of putting out physical leaven from our dwellings didn't deleaven our spiritual life. But it taught us that leaven is all around. You know, leaven is, is a type of, of sin. So how many of us know that we got all the leaven that is in our house or in our pockets or in our closets? Did we get it all? We know that there is none perfect, that there is none righteous. And so leaven can bring that out. In verse 8, Paul went on to say, Therefore, let us keep the feast. Let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So we have those days of unleavened bread and the 50 days to Pentecost as an ongoing process, as a connection of days that bring the two together. So we are to keep the spirit of the feast of unleavened bread. But purging out of leaven can only be done through the spirit of Christ living in us. And we are powerless without him. We still must fight the good fight of faith. We still must resist the devil. We still must submit to God and his ways. Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 4. Here we see some of the things that we are to do. That we can be looking at as we approach the days of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost. Verse 1. Wherefore seeing we, are also, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight. And the sin which does so easily beset us. We have something, some wrong in our life that just comes back constantly, keeps bothering us, and we keep doing it. Well, we have to look for those. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So there's a lot of people that are in this race or this marathon, or it's certainly not a dash, but everyone is running with patience, pacing themselves, doing those things along the way 
that's going to help them to overcome and reach the finish line and make it. And we can only do this, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, verse 3, consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. We know Jesus took on human form, and we think about what he endured. We can compare it with our trials, and we can find the strength that he had to endure it all. And it says you have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. So the days of unleavened bread and looking back, pictures the removal of leaven, you know, as a symbol of sin, yet we are not completely leavened, for it is an ongoing process. And Passover told us that we are to remember that it is through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that we are saved. So, as ancient Israel was spared their lives by the blood of the Lamb while in the land of Egypt, which is synonymous with sin, even so, we who are living in this age are still subject to the things that go on around us. The Bible tells us that we should watch and pray and to be on guard. Because he said that in the last days there would be false prophets who will deliver, uh, who will deceive many. And the Apostle Paul uh, had, had fears that the Corinthian church was falling for false preaching. In the book of 2 Corinthians... We see where the Apostle Paul takes note of what these members in the Corinthian church were facing. In 2 Corinthians 11, chapter 11, beginning verse 1, he says, I, Paul, myself beseech you, by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent am bold toward you. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence, wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So, there had come into the church people that had different ideas, different philosophies about, about life, about uh, religion, and some were finding it very interesting, and they were falling for various things that sounded good to them. They look good, and they sound good. So even as the children of Israel, 
encountered the ups and downs of life along the way, along the way through the wilderness. So do we. So do we. And we see from the biblical examples that many grumbled and many complained all along the way. Some wanted to go back. Some rebelled. And we find that the eternal, that God was displeased and he brought up on them a fire, a burning, which means a burning. And don't we all have something to complain about in our life? Sometimes that we wake up on the wrong side of the bed and, and we complain about something and we might complain about it all day. But it says that when the people complained in Numbers 11, uh, verse 1 through 5, when the people complain, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it and his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. Now the, the Amplified Bible says. The people became like those who complain and whine about their hardships. And the Lord heard it. And when the Lord heard it. His anger was kindled. So it tells us that we need to be careful about how we complain. How long we complain and what we complain about. Because we could uh, kindle the anger of the Lord now we all run into hardships trials and so on and we can be sure that the Lord takes note of the grumbling and the complaining the lying and the hypocrisy that's going on in the world around us verse 2 the people cried unto Moses and when Moses prayed unto the Lord the fire was so Moses was their intercessory. And he called the name of the place Tabera, which means burning, because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. And the mixed multitude, that's this ragtag mob or rabble as it was described, that was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our soul is dried away and there's nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. So in a way, like people today, people are anxious to get out. Their spirit is languishing and there's a need just to sort of return to uh, some form of normalcy but this bread was an everyday uh, thing for the children of Israel just like living in the word of God is an everyday thing that sometimes people may get tired of but they had daily manna and they grew tired of it but it maintained their health and it maintained their vitality it was like the miracle uh, bread but it wasn't until they were in the land of Canaan that they would celebrate the days of unleavened bread. Because we read over in Exodus chapter 12. Begin verse 25. It shall come to pass when you become to the land which the Lord will give you 
according as he has promised that you shall keep this service and it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you well what do you mean by this service going on down to chapter uh, on to chapter 13 verse 3 Moses said unto the people remember this day in which you came out from Egypt out of the house of bondage for by strength of hand of the Lord the hand of the Lord brought you out from this place and there shall no leaven be so we see their connection that just because the days of unleavened bread are over does not mean we stop celebrating the spirit of the days of unleavened bread Hebrews chapter 3 so they were told that they should eat unleavened bread and in the seventh day shall be a feast to the Lord they would have entered that land that the Lord gave them that first year but they didn't so Moses and the children of Israel did not observe the festivals of the Lord until they entered the land of milk and honey that God promised Hebrews chapter 3 you know that all the feasts that gives us times to set apart in order to force us to stay on track and enter his rest verse 7 of Hebrews 3 therefore as the Holy Spirit saith today if you will hear his voice harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me proved me and saw my works 40 years Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their hearts and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed brethren lest any, there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence unto the end steadfast unto the end the more one does without the unleavened bread the unleavened word of Christ the more we set ourselves apart the more we isolate ourselves from the living word of God and our hearts harden so while it is said verse 15 today if you will hear his voice harden not your hearts as in the provocation for some when they had heard did provoke Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses but with whom he was grieved 40 years was it not with them that had sin whose carcasses whose bodies fell in the wilderness and to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest but to them that believed not so we see they could not enter in because of their unbelief in John chapter 6 Jesus said verse 47 truly I say unto you he that believes on me has everlasting life I am the bread of life 
Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes, from, comes down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So we know that in the Lord's Prayer, we, there's the phrase that says, give us this day our daily bread. It's a prayer that we should make and somewhere along the line throughout the day, the word of God will come into our mind and will teach us something. So we are to keep the feast, the spirit of the feast of unleavened bread. So when we connect the days of unleavened bread to Pentecost, which is ahead, and the other feast of God, we see that there's the removal or casting out of sin as just laying the groundwork to where the holy days lead, and that is salvation in the end. Curiously, you know, the Israelites were not told the meaning of the wave sheaf offering. And we have seen that they did not keep unleavened bread till, uh, till they come into the land of Canaan. So apparently they did not know what it meant to cut the, uh, the first fruit and wave it before the Lord. But only in looking back can we see Christ's death pictured in the days of Passover also so it would follow his resurrection would be also pictured first corinthians chapter 15 what we all look forward to in our in our a walk toward holiness verse 20 now is christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept that died of them that sleep or uh, or are dead for since by man came death, by came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. In Romans chapter eight, verse nine. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, they are, uh, they are, uh, he is none of his. So 1 Corinthians 2.12 tells us that we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given us of God so this power from on high that comes 50 days after the wave sheet it dwells it lives in you it is the spirit of God that imparts knowledge of spiritual knowledge of wisdom it is a spirit that is pro-Christ not anti-Christ and with it we are sealed so the counting to the day of Pentecost began from the day the wave sheaf was cut the day after the Sabbath. Seven Sabbaths were to be complete plus one day till Pentecost comes. In First Thessalonians chapter 4 
look at verse 7 of 1 Thessalonians. God has not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. In Leviticus 11.45, we, we read, it says, I am the Lord that brings you uh, up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. Verse 8, he therefore that despises, that is rejects, despises not man, but God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. So this power from on high means that we are to be a new creature. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse uh, 22, Ephesians 4, 22. We read that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. So we're looking for a new life in Christ, a, a, a holiness, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which after God is Created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members uh, one of another. Be you angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that steal, steal no more, but rather let him labor. Working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needs. And let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto their hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you are sealed unto, unto the day of redemption. But all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking put away from you with all malice you know, with all that grumbling with all that complaining that we are prone to do from time to time and be you kind one to another tender hearted forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you so we see that God has called us unto holiness and not, un, not uncleanness and we have given, he gives us a power that spirit from on high to make that possible. Now, as we have heard in many sermons, we, we look back on the Passover as the time when the children of God were delivered from bondage in Egypt. We see it today as a, a type of sin. And individually, we may look back to remember our repentance, our baptism, thus our delivery deliverance from sin and the death penalty through those things and believing in the saving power of, etern of the eternal God through Jesus Christ who laid down his life for us, for you and for me you remember the apostle Paul 
in speaking to the members of the Corinthian church, he said to keep the feast in sincerity and truth and not in malice or wickedness. Because we know that the Corinthian church, they had problems. There were divisions and schisms. There was favoritism and, and partying, immorality and other social ills, intellectual pride and glorying, even disorderly conduct in the observance of the Lord's Supper. So the Apostle Paul sent letter to them for them to examine themselves, to look at their life, to discover those things that needs to be corrected and to cast it out. 1 Corinthians 10, he said to them, verse 1, Brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed uh, through the, the sea. They had their Red Sea baptism, just like we did. And he warned them to be aware that as the fathers were all under the cloud, that God's presence went before them and was with them. And they all passed, that is, they all passed through the sea miraculously and safely through that sea. And they were all baptized, verse 2, all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And did all eat the spiritual, same spiritual meat. And did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. Jesus Christ. But with many of them. God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. So we see that these things happened. Verse 6. They were our examples. To the intent that we should not lust after evil things. As they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters. As some of them were. As it is written. The people sat down. To eat. And drink. And rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication. As some did. And 23,000 fell dead. Yet they were all. Unleavened. The Corinthians, they were returning to that carnal way of the world. And just like how ancient Israel wanted to go back to Egypt. So we see that the Corinthian church was surrounded. They were surrounded by a city with a lot of unchaste people. And it infected many in the church with various ideas and beliefs and ways. Just as the world does around us today. If we allow it to. So the scripture still reminds us and it still warns us that we are to keep on observing the spirit and the intent of the days of unleavened bread by casting out sin as we go along toward holiness. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 9 the apostle Paul said that all uh, that don't you know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers of themselves, with mankind, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. So if you, know, if you see these things uh, in the scripture, these things that, will make for unrighteousness things that will keep you out of the kingdom of God then these are things that need to be cast out 
And in verse 11, and such, and such were some of you. But you were washed, he says, and you are sanctified, and you are justified in the name of the eternal, of the Lord Jesus. And by the Spirit of our God, we are, you know, we are all sinners in some way, but we are washed. On down to verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. You are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Luke chapter 24, 34, verse 34. We see that the disciples, they were gathered together and they retold the story of Christ and his resurrection. And they were saying, the Lord is risen and has appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in the breaking of bread. And as they thus spoke, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, peace be unto you. But they were terrified. And affrighted, and supposed that they had seen the Spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? Why do thoughts arise in your heart? Look at my hands, look at my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me, handle me, and see. For Spirit has not flesh and bones as you see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet, the marks of the crucifixion. And while they yet believed not for joy, he said unto them, Have you any meat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, honeycomb. He took it, and he ate before them. And he said, reminded them, These are the words which I spoke unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. And then he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said, thus it is written, thus it, thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. So those of us, as in the first message, you know, we are witnesses. We have, we have this uh, commission. And one of these days, we'll see the two witnesses especially preach. Preach. Repentance. Verse 49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Carry you in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Acts chapter 1, verse 2. We're to wait for the promise. And he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Being assembled together with them, 
He commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which said, saith he, you have heard of me. John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. So Jesus was seen 40 days after his death and his resurrection. Not many days from hence means that there was a few more days to wait. The baptism of the Holy Spirit when he was speaking to them at this time. Verse 6, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel to Israel? And he said unto them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. Verse 8, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit is come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the, of the earth. And so he was taken up, verse 9, and the disciples, they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, went up, and there were two men who stood by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven, so shall come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. So they returned unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. So at the return of Jesus Christ, his feet shall stand on the mount of Olives. So the disciples waited in Jerusalem. And Acts 2, chapter 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in accord with one as one. So we have a description of, uh, of what took place on that day of Pentecost. Don't know if that will happen to us when the day of Pentecost comes. But this is what happened in the past. And they were amazed because they heard these disciples speaking in their language, their speech, the wonderful works of God. And so they were all amazed and wondering what does all this uh, mean. And in verse 16, it says, This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that it shall come to pass in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, your sons and daughters, shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Now, we know the conditions of humanity at the time of Christ was going to be like as in the days of Noah, this last generation that is self-gratifying, uh, seekers of pleasure more than seekers of God. And they're going to carry on uh, uh, without heeding the prophecies of the Bible of believing in God and all those things that will give them uh, life I just want to turn to Matthew 24 about this last generation verse 37 as the days of Noah were so shall also the coming of the son of man be as in the days that were before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until 
the day that Noah entered into the ark and they knew not until the flood came and took them all away so also shall also the coming of the son of man uh, be so they were carrying on without heeding until the, the day of judgment this time came now this briefly this you know this health crisis has changed just a lot a test of endurance, spiritual character, of detrimental sometimes to our faith, our hope and our love. So we know that many are anxious to get back to normalcy somehow, perhaps in stages. But hopefully they won't get back to where they left off as those things that were described as in the days of Noah. So today we live in a trying time. People are still dying. There are still days of uncertainty. And in a way we're having a foretaste of, uh, of what is to come. Nevertheless, remember Jesus said, I will never leave nor forsake you. So there's a, a reason for every trial that comes across in our life something to learn and still maintain our our holiness Romans chapter 8 verse 35 who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day, all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors, though through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, powers, things present, things to come, height, depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus uh, our our Lord so we are called to holiness and we are called to keep the spirit of the days of unleavened bread so in closing it says that it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not only from future things that will happen. But also from the daily things that might come across in our life. So let us keep the feasts. Let us keep the faith. Let us keep hope and love. Because we are called to holiness. <laughs>